I don't know what to do for the preamble because I already spent all the time before recording explaining to you how Shin Megami Tensei works. You did, you did. And because I am currently under a lot of under a lot of self-imposed stress and pressure of things that I need to get done, I can guarantee you I'm not going to remember a single thing of what you said in about three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, what if you could put Jesus in a Pokeball? Isn't that just Arceus, Tanner? That's true. Or Mew. Okay. So what if you could put Jesus in a Pokeball, but then put Loki in a different Pokeball, and then you slammed the Pokeballs together so hard that you made Thor? I feel like that's just Toho Mon, and that's already somewhere on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we started, we've synced, it's an even. Does that mean you? No, it's an odd. And Is that it... means you. Yes. I'm glad that you remember that, because I just completely forgot to even pull up any of our intro and outro stuff in the Google Doc. Oh, I forgot that, too. <laughs> oh, we're just two disasters over here. Exactly. Fits with the source material. <laughs> I just lost my rubber band. It's fine. Oh, no. I'll find something else to fidget with. <laughs> I think it's somewhere <laughs> in my paper recycling bin. It's fine. Everything's fine. How are you? I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and do the intro before we lose even more steam. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hello, everybody, and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is a Glee recap and review, and hey, maybe they do something new for once podcast. <laughs> My name is Christina, and do you know what's a good time? Taking two minutes to save a life by filling out an organ donor card, because it's never <laughs> too late to donate. No, to donate. I'm Tanner. And I wasted my teenage years away shipping two background warblers. <laughs> oh god, you shipped uh Nick and Jeff? Niff time, niff time, niff time, niff time. <laughs> we gotta get there. We get, we got we got other stuff to get to first before we get there, Tanner. Okay. We we will talk about them. We'll talk about your favorite <laughs> background ship in Glee. <laughs> And <laughs> oh, okay. To, to be fair, I didn't actually ship them that hard. I just liked watching it develop from a distance and going, wow, y'all are really going all out for these two generic background white boys, huh? Welcome to fucking Tumblr, my bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to fucking Tumblr. It's the t <laughs> Tumblr, the Tumblr that fucks. As long as it's not showing female presenting titties. Exactly. Listen, this is a, this was an episode that just kind of drifted by. I, I wouldn't say that it drifted by, but this is an episode that sure did happen, huh? Yeah, it was. I said it was easily digestible. It's like, there's not a lot of notes to take on this. It's just things happen, and they sure do happen. 
Yeah. I I should clarify before we like start talking about the episode that I started watching this episode late and so I took a very uh, I took a very small amount of notes in comparison to what I usually do. And also I didn't have any time to do research beforehand, but it's fine. Tanner, when did this episode air and who wrote it? <laughs> um it aired uh, in the year that it aired, and it was written by people who write for Glee. <laughs> Allegedly. Hang on, the page is opening. <laughs> See, we're doing this later in the day because I had stuff I needed to do in the morning, which means I no, have, no longer have the energy of, I need to get this done so I can do my daily tasks afterwards. I'm just like, vibing, man. I'm just chilled out with some Glee. This episode aired on November 30th, 2010. It was written by Brad Falchuk and directed by Paris Parklay. And so that probably makes sense why it's, like, not completely deranged. Yeah. Is this the first time that Paris has directed? Paris has definitely been on here before. Um, I can't remember which episodes Paris directed, but they are part of the oeuvre. Okay. Okay. Anywho, so yeah, this is episode nine. It's called Special Education. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. There's in 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 the United States for context, special education or special ed can be referred to in in one of two ways like for context. Either in a derogatory sense used to refer to um people with special needs and the differentiated classes and education like system that they work within. Or uh, referred to in a positive way in the sense of, like, gifted, accelerated programs, that kind of a thing. No idea why the fuck they named the episode this. <laughs> yeah, neither of those really apply here. Um, no. Like, I could maybe see it working if it was a becky focus episode, but Becky and Sue are not even in this. Uh, like, may I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. Sue's on her honeymoon. <laughs> Sue took herself to Tahiti. Exactly. It's a magical place. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm not sure what the, maybe, I don't know, maybe I could have, you could have called this episode Stars. I think that would have worked. The importance of communication in a relationship. You could, you could have called it Dog Days, because then, again, then the whole ending song would just be you, like, finger gunning, going, mm -hmm. eh, eh, get it, huh, huh, get it? Misconnections. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Okay, so, the episode. Let's let's get in the zone. Let's get in the glee zone. The episode begins with <laughs> the episode begins with Will going up to Emma and giving her a ticket for uh, box seats or no house seats for sectionals because he's like, "You're our good luck charm. I have a great setless plan for sectionals." And Emma's like, "Oh, let me guess. Finn and Rachel are gonna sing a duet together, and then Mercedes is gonna mm -hmm. belt out the last notes, and then Finn, uh, Rachel's gonna get a ballad, and then you will sing a classic rock song." Yes. Yes. And Will is like, have, how did you get into my desk? How have you been looking at my notes? <laughs> have you been reading my diary? <laughs> and she's like, no, I just watched the show. Yeah. Emma in this episode is very, is for the most part, very self-aware of the fact that she is a character in Glee. Yeah. And she even flat out says like, you know what? You should try something new. You should, you should highlight the people who don't get to be named Finn and Rachel in the series. Like, why not spotlight Quinn as a singer? 
why not highlight the fact that Brittany and Mike are both phenomenal dancers? And then she's like, no, I'm just voicing too many opinions that the audience has. And Will's like, <laughs> no, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah, it, it is a very good point because Will's like, like, uh, I know everyone's accepted, but it's a competition. We need to play to our strengths. And Emma's like, yes, but you have more than one strength. Yes. It's... Here, I actually, I wrote down her quote. I, I have like three pages of notes, but that's because I wrote down a lot of quotes from this episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's highly quotable. Uh, Emma says, your constellation of stars, I would just hate to think you might be ignoring some of them because they don't burn quite as obviously bright. Or loudly. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, Will is like, you're absolutely right. I'm going to go murder someone now. Oh no. No! This is, this, no, this is, this episode also could have been titled The Assassination of Rachel Berry by the Hero Will Schuster. <laughs> yes. That I am in favor of. <laughs> uh, so he walks in and Rachel's like, Mr. Shu, I have a great idea for the ballad that me and Finn can sing. And this caught me off guard. Um, not the fact that Rachel's brown nosing, because she always is, but because... So Will is talking about how he has a great set list, and then when Emma inspires him to change things up, I'm thinking, ah, so this is another way they will justify having not shown any of the songs they're doing for the set list beforehand. Mm -hmm. But no, apparently they haven't finalized the set list, which is now already being thrown out before it's finalized in, in, like, in, in, uh, in favor of the new set list. <laughs> See, the thing about this, Tanner, is that I think Will's only had, like, five moments of competency in the episodes of the season that we've watched so far. True. And none of them were relating to the set list for sectionals. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But yeah, so Rachel is like, Rachel, sit down, shut up. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not going to sing at all. Uh, Quinn and Sam are going to do a duet because they won the competition and Brittany and Mike are going to be dancing because they're actually like good at dancing yep. and Rachel is like but I am sad when not about me and Finn is like I agree because quarterback, I'm a quarterback. man <laughs> um, but yeah Will shoots lasers from his eyes and says silence Finchel <laughs> and then Finchel really does get silenced because yep. <laughs> Uh, this is when Santana takes the opportunity to break the news that she and Finn had sex! <laughs> uh, and Rachel is aghast, and Will is like, we're gonna skate past that right now because sectionals is more important. And I'm like, I, I don't know if this is good teaching or bad. To, like, sectionals probably isn't as important, but also it's probably right for you, the teacher, to not get caught up in the interpersonal sex drama of teens. Yeah. But, like, as, as someone who was in choir for four years of high school, if there was truly interpersonal drama like this happening, not much else would have gotten done that day. Unless Will Schuster had had a backbone for the previous eight episodes of the season, consistently. <laughs> but because it's this episode, they listen to him and stop stop having a fight about it. Yep. Anyway, Kurt, welcome to the Warblers. Take care of this bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. I can take it with me when I volunteer at a stray cat shelter at the bottom of a coal mine. Yeah. It it's Kurt's first day at Dalton Academy, and... He gets, like, high fives in the hallway because people are like, hey, new kid. And then he comes to the Warblers for their Glee Club meeting. And 
they're like it's a it's our rite of initiation that you must take care of our of our mascot who is a yellow warbler named Pavarotti. Cherish him like he is your voice and foster him, and if he will sing, then you will sing. From the long legacy of warbler warblers. They've had birds at the school since 1876 or whatever the fuck. It's, yeah. <laughs> How old is this bird? Old as balls. <laughs> But really, it's just they're unoriginal with names. They're like, eh, bird died. This one's new, Pavarotti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bird doesn't die, it just regenerates. Um, Kurt is like, I have notes about our set list and the Warbler Council, because they don't have a staff director. They just have a council that's elected. And they're like, everyone has a voice. And Kurt's like, here's my voice suggestions. And they're like, noted, we will be ignoring this. Yeah, it, the... The whole thing is that, like, oh, we have a council of the Warblers. And it turns out that the Warblers are, in fact, not a democracy. They're an oligarchy. And uh, Kurt's suggestions, which are, you know, only a little bit like, I've been the gay kid in my glee club this entire time. And I feel the need to overcompensate by being flamboyant. Some of them are actually good. Like, hey, we should try doing some newer songs. Maybe mix up the choreography a little bit. And they're like, tradition, 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 tradition. <laughs> Without tradition, we would fall like a warbler on the roof. <laughs> Time for something else that's a little bit cringy. The whole episode, ah, oh, damn, Ryan Murphy, you wrote and produced and directed Cringe. That's the podcast, Tanner! <laughs> That's our entire raison d'etre. <laughs> Rachel and Finn are in couples counseling? Led by Emma. Well, I mean, who else do you want it to be led by? Will? Figgins? No. But the they're, they're in this couples counseling meeting with Emma, and... She's like, okay, so what's going on? And Rachel is like, I am upset that Finn slept with Santana and also that he didn't tell me about it, but also that he slept with Santana. And Emma says, well, you're in the Glee TV series. You're the main characters. Why don't you go sing about it? <laughs> and she's like, I'm sure there's got to be songs about betrayal or something. And Finn says that the reason he lied about sleeping with her while they were broken up, keep in mind, the reason he lied about mm -hmm. it is that he didn't want uh, to hurt Rachel. And Rachel keeps asking, but why did you sleep with Santana? Is it because she's prettier than me? And Finn is like, why are you so like, caught up about Santana? Um, and all the fanfic writers are like, yeah, Rachel, why are you so caught up about Santana? Okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> And then Rachel asks if it would be, the, she turns to Emma like, as a therapist, would it be productive if I were to slap him right now? And Emma's like, first off, not a therapist. Second off, maybe you could try storming out. And so she does. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like we should continue to stress the fact that, uh, that, at that when, when Finn and Santana had sex in season one, last school year, they were broke, like, Finn and Rachel were not dating. She mm -hmm. and Jesse were dating. Yes. And it was exactly on the same night that J Rachel had told Finn that she and Jesse were going to have sex, and then she continued to say that she did. Until mm -hmm. last week. And I'd I'd like to take a point here 
to comment that like first off like no you should not like like do not cheat on your partner if you must it could be if you want to have sex with people other than your partner make like make sure that everyone involved knows about it but also the most important about this is like stds are a thing and stis and like that is that is very important to be communicative about <laughs> oh yeah i guess that is a good point we can get into that later this very season actually though oh yeah i remember i remember i remember what's coming <laughs> So, uh, in the next scene, Artie is going down the hall, and then he, like, sees Brittany staring, like, she's standing in a corner in an abandoned classroom. She, she's standing in a corner, like, like, she's an NPC whose programming got derailed in Skyrim. <laughs> she's getting Blair Witched. <laughs> and Artie's like, uh, hey, baby girl, what's up? That's probably not a quote, but it is how Artie talks, so, like... Um, mm-hmm. Brittany <laughs> is like, I'm paralyzed with fear because, uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't handle the stress of getting a dance solo. I know that I'm better than all of you. Brittany Spears taught me that, but I can't handle the pressure of winning or losing resting all on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And Artie says, Hey, Brittany, have you ever seen Dumbo? And she says, no, why? And he says, take this magic comb. If you brush your hair with it, you can't lose. I was going to keep it, but then I realized that if you win, then I win. So then we both win. And Brittany's like, Artie, you're the best boyfriend. Uh, I like it. I, I I do think it's I do think it's cute. I'm a little bit like, okay, Artie, come on. It's like the whole like, oh, I was going to keep it so that I would win. But if you win, then that means that I also win by default. I'm just like, okay, Artie, I know you're a teenage boy, but like... <laughs> I mean, I think he was just trying to phrase it so, like, Brittany didn't think he was pitying her. Oh, okay. I think that's what he was trying to go for, because, like, that, that's one thing that really, like, but Brittany, a lot of things can just slide off Brittany because she is smooth like a shark, but <laughs> calling her stupid or taking pity on her, those are the things that do kind of set her off. So, like, I think he was just trying to navigate mm-hmm. that, like, how do I... Give Brittany a confidence boost in a way that works for her without her thinking I'm talking down to her. Okay. I accept your reasoning, Tanner. I wish they'd been maybe a little bit more clear about that in the show. Or that I'd paid more attention. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think it was the thing that they needed to be clear about. I, th- I think this was a show, don't tell. Okay. Okay. And I didn't see it because I was sorting through papers at the same time as I was watching. (laughs) Do you know something I do wish they had been more clear about? As to why Will thinks that the best person to recruit an 11th hour 12th member for the club so that they can uh, reach member requirements. Why does Will think the best person to recruit new members of the club is Pac? Um, uh, I genuinely don't know. Was he thinking he would try to bully someone into joining the Glee Club for one week? Maybe? Because he's like, Puck, you know a lot of people at this school. And I'm like, does he? He has his extortion network. <laughs> he has an ex- extortion network and he was at some point friends with the jocks. But if you're trying to say that he has like his fingers in many pools of people, that's only because he knows people in Glee Club. Yeah. Anyway, Puck is like, I guess that makes me the ambassador. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, Puck. <laughs> Moving on. Sure, whatever. Um, uh, meanwhile, at the homosexual stairwell. <laughs> yeah, 
Kurt's Kurt's sitting and sulking because they didn't listen to me. He's bummed out that like his his voice wasn't being heard, but he says it's not a bad energy. It's just different. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, he's gonna have to get used to them being uh, a unit, uh, like a, a single hive mind, and not a ragtag bunch of privileged misfits. Yeah. And Blaine is like, hey, you know what is a way that we can all hear your voice? Uh, You have been granted the privilege of auditioning for a solo for sectionals. And Kurt Kurt is about to, like, vibrate out of existence. He's so excited that, like, I've been here for three days and already I have a chance at a solo. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut back to Puck. Uh, he's in the locker room and, like, stands up on a bench. He's like, all right, jocks, listen up. Y'all hear about Bruce Springsteen? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Crossy says something stupid, and Puck's like, "You, you, uh, forced my man, my main man, Kurt, out of school, so you're already on my shit list." Mm-hmm. And Puck tries to like rally the jocks, the football team, to join Glee by talking about how like Bruce Springsteen was a working class guy, like all of them. But then the power of music lifted him out of his circumstances. And Krofsky and Azemia were like, "What if we literally just tear you down right now?" And so they tear him down. <laughs> The jocks swarm him. They, they they all tackle him so hard that they cut to a commercial break. <laughs> uh, when they return, Santana's in the car room mm-hmm. and she asks, Where's Puck? I haven't seen him since yesterday and I need him to get me a churro. I, I, I Also, I feel like my skin food sounds good right now. Any food sounds good right now. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also everyone's complaining because it's like, Oh, now we're down 10 members. I bet he quit because he knows we're going to lose and I wouldn't blame him. Obviously, the Warblers are going to win because we just let them have Kurt. And Will is listening to this and is like, oh, don't yell at the kids. Don't yell at the kids. Don't yell at the kids. He's not He's not saying that. You can tell he's thinking it. He's doing a face during is like, oh, no, <laughs> Eve was right. Yeah. And then another reason for him to yell walks in because Rachel marches in with duct tape over her mouth. And- <laughs> Hashtag no hate. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, Rachel, everyone is like, okay, this is just going to be how it's going. And she sits down in the furthest occupied corner from everyone else in Glee Club. She takes the off her mouth to be like, I am self-imposing a vow of silence. And Will's like, please take the tape off of your mouth, Rachel. And she's like, it's because no one's listening to me. So Will fucking loses it. He's tired of being nice. He's going to go apeshit. Yes. He... He he tells. He, uh, let me see. If, actually, I can see if I have a screenshot. Unless you've got the quote there, uh, Tanner. I don't have the quote because all all I have written down for this scene is Rachel is a Karen and Will vaporizes her. Oh, I have it. I have it. With the tape, uh, Will says, "Take that off. I'm tired of this, Rachel. You have a terrible attitude. You're a lousy sport, and it is not okay anymore." And then he goes into something about how, like, look, at sectionals, we're going to do our best and we're going to cheer for everyone else because they'd cheer if we were doing well. And it's what everyone, everyone deserves to be appreciated for the hard work that they do. And if Kurt wins, then we're going to especially cheer him on because we love Kurt, even if he isn't here anymore. Mm hmm. Uh, fortunately, his replacement is here now. Yes. Uh, Puck walks in with. Lauren's Ices. Because it turns out that Puck's been stuck in a porta potty for 24 hours. The football players locked him in it and then tipped him over. I'm surprised he didn't die from just like the fumes. Yeah. Um. He, he prays to. 
He prays to Jesus, Buddha, Satan, help me. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to what is presumably like the next school day. And Lauren finds him and opens the door. And he's like, are you an angel? And she's like, oh my god, shut up. But helps him out of the porta potty. Then he asks her to join Glee Club. And she says, I have two conditions. I have two writers. <laughs> the first one is that I need an entire carton of Cadbury cream eggs. Good luck, they're not in season. And I want seven minutes in heaven with you. I'm like, you were doing so well, Lauren. And then he makes the zero underscore zero face. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> she's still interested in me, even if I just spent 24 hours in a porta potty and had no time to change. Uh, well, okay, to be fair, when she's, like, giving him her conditions, he is clearly, like, showered and cleaned up because he doesn't have, like, the grime over him anymore. Okay. But yeah, it cuts to present day. and He's like, yeah, she kind of rocked my world, so... <laughs> and Will's like, yeah, okay, sure. Welcome aboard, Lauren. This is great. Yay, Glee! Mm-hmm. Good for her. Also, this whole this whole scene. No nobody expected this to happen uh on the show at all, because usually when like people well, first off, no one expected Kurt to leave for one. And also, like, anytime there is gonna be a shakeup in the club, like it was kind of foreshadowed by casting and stuff. Do you mean like... Like there would be casting announcements ahead of time saying, here's this big name that is coming to Glee. And so people were more expecting Blaine to jump ship to New Directions before Kurt ever left and they got someone. And for this whole time, Lauren Zeises was just a bit player in the background, as we've like not so mm -hmm. subtly mentioned this whole podcast. So Lauren Zeises shows yeah. up and she's an actual member of the club and everyone's like, what? 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 But like in a good way? Yeah, yeah. I I am very glad that she gets to join up because I think she's a fun character. Lauren Lauren is that thing that you don't often get on Glee. She's a character where they knew what she was about from the time when they created her, and she sticks with that. Yep, pretty much. And it's good and I like it and it's good. Mm-hmm. Also Ashley Fink is great. Who is her actress? Yes. Exactly. Um and she's like best friends with Chris Colfer. <laughs> Oh, yeah, which is also super sweet. Mm-hmm. Qu quite often, her and Chris and Chris's boyfriend will do, like, group Halloween costumes. Oh, yeah, I remember that one where I think Chris was Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think it was last year, last Halloween, Halloween 2020. Mm-hmm. But anyways, anyway. in the show proper, uh, Santana walks past Finn and Finn gives her, like, kind of a look. And then she walks past Rachel and she's like, by the way, he bought me dinner afterwards. And it's like, the only reason he bought you dinner, Santana, is because you told him he had to go take you to buy a hamburger. <laughs> he could have said no, though. Yeah. I, I guarantee, I guarantee that there have been times where, like, after Santana slept with Puck, she'd be like, buy me a burger. And Puck's like, no, buy yourself. And she's like, oh, fine. I got a good hamburger with Brittany. I can get a totally platonic hamburger with Brittany. God. <laughs> Yeah. And anyway, Santana saying like he bought me dinner. Uh gets Rachel down and then Puck comes by and he's like, "Hey, are you okay?" And she's like, "You're acting out of character. What's wrong with you?" He's like, "Look, the time that I spent in my porta potty changed me and I believe in God and I promised God that I'd help other people if if he would get me out of the porta potty." And then that was too much work, so I said I'd just help other Jewish people. <laughs> Uh, and then he, like, gives her his arm so she can walk down the hall with him, and she's like, wow, have you been working out? And he's like, nah, it's just steroids. 
But before that, he he offers when he offers to help her out with anything, she's like, oh, it's about Finn. And he's like, yeah, boyfriend problems. I know about that. Mostly because I'm usually the one causing problems. But we'll see what we can do. <laughs> anyway, the next scene is Tina asking Arnie if Brittany's cheating on him because she thinks that he and Mike are... Nope. Tina thinks that Mike and Brittany... Arnie's cheating, cheating on Tina with Mike! Yes! <laughs> No, Tina goes up. I don't up know to- what the ship name is for that, but they're living. Uh, Marty. Okay. Uh, but no, because Tina Tina shows up dressed as like a, a goth cheerleader because she's pretty sure that Mike is having an affair with Brittany, and so she's trying to like lure him back because he likes cheerleaders. She's determined. Yeah. And she's like, they're always rehearsing together, and when I tasted Mike, he tasted like lip smackers, and you know that Brittany is always wearing lip smackers. And Marty's like, yeah, and she likes to share them. They're like candy for your lips. Which is how you know the show was made in 2010. Okay, I'm pretty sure that they still smell. They smell. I mean, you can definitely smell the lip smackers too. But I feel like they probably sell lip smackers still as well. Um, oh yeah, they do. The, I'm gonna, I wonder who I can get in contact with to see if I can order some for my store. Actually, <laughs> Christmas special lip smackers bunk end. Gonna, gonna tear down all the rider gear and replace it with lip smackers. <laughs> The products that, that your store sells will start shifting to things that are mentioned on Glee, and everyone's like, hmm. <laughs> Tanner said, what if we install a slushy machine? And everyone was like, no, no, because we had a slushy machine before, and it was brutal, and it was a pain to clean. Ooh, yeah, I could see that. It's, it, it's not a store to have a slushy. It'd be like if you went to the customer service at Walmart and said if you could have a slushy, because it was literally just behind customer service. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's time for uh, Rachel to be sitting sadly at a piano and trying to play it and like kind of like doing like thing where you do like trying to play something and you just like slam your hands on the keyboard like ding. <laughs> She's sitting there like lonely and sad when Kurt walks in and he's like, hello, I require your assistance to practice for my solo. And I I didn't write down what happened here. Rachel said some stuff about like being mean and uh, upset that she's not getting a solo and and she's like actually i'm happy that you're getting a solo and yes i will help i have the perfect song uh, okay i wrote down some stuff that she said because kurt was originally gonna audition for the solo with uh, my heart will go on by celine dion mm-hmm. and she's like absolutely mm-hmm. not then she says do you ever fantasize about your own funeral N- no yeah. i do finn throwing himself into the grave out of grief all the heartfelt speeches and the regrets that's insane Clearly no one in the Glee Club appreciates me. Is it so wrong to fantasize about them realizing how amazing I am, but it's too late? So I'm glad we've established that Rachel's a crazy person. I mean, like, as someone who is, like, chronically underappreciated in my workplace, I can understand the vibes, but not to this extent. (laughs) Oh, also, I have some more quotes from screen caps. Um... Mm. First off is that Kurt sat in his car outside of McKinley um, for an hour waiting for Karoski to leave so that he could enter the school. Yeah. Oh, honey. And the other thing is that Rachel said, why should I help you? You're our competition now. And Kurt says, you are as brilliant and talented as you are irritating. (laughs) But yeah, so Rachel's perfect song is Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Mm -hmm. And so it intercuts between like, Rachel singing the song at Kurt and Kurt singing the song to the Warblers. Uh, when Kurt gets to the chorus, he starts to raise his hands up like Avita did. And then Blaine like mimes lowering the hand. And so Kurt does that. 
<laughs> yeah. It's here's the thing, is like the song is good. Um and like since it's kind of technically a duet between Rachel and Kurt and that they're singing it at the same time but separately. Um, it's nice because there's a part where they like split into harmonies at the end and Kurt takes the low part and the lower harmony sounds good. My other note here is that uh, Rachel found an actual balcony to sing on somewhere in an industrial building, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) And also that uh, maybe Blaine swung a favor and got Kurt the right to sing an entire song instead of just six bars. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Uh, And so after that, it cuts to uh, Kurt sitting outside with two other background warblers, uh, mm-hmm. Nick and Jeff. Uh, so yeah. Nick is played by Kurt Mega, who Kurt people Mega. might know. Yeah, Kurt Me- you might know Kurt Mega from being like, apparently he was the lead in Spies Are Forever, which is either a Team Star Kid or Tin Can Bros, which is a spinoff of Team Star Kid. I can explain. Okay. Okay, and I'll make it short. Um, okay. <laughs> so Team Star Kid uh, started in, they started in Michigan. They tend to do more full-length, more full-length productions. Uh, In comparison, Tin Can Brothers is a separate project by Joey Richter, Brian Rosenthal, and I think Corey Lubo, who at one point were all involved in Team Starkid and still participate in some capacity, but this is a side project and it is not the same thing. Um, so Kurt Mega is involved in some of the stuff that Tin Can Brothers has done. They lean more towards sketch comedy and like shorts and that kind of a thing. Although they have done full-length theater productions of which Spies Are Forever is one. Okay. Anyways, Jeff is played by Riker Lynch, who's the older brother of Ross Lynch from uh, Allie and AJ and Sabrina. I don't know what that is. Well, Allie and AJ is a Disney Channel comedy and Sabrina on Netflix. Okay. Chilling Adventures of. Ah, that one. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, so Nick and Jeff are sitting there with Kurt, and Kurt's like, how many times have you guys auditioned for solos? And Nick says three, and Jeff says six, and Kurt's like, huh, okay. Yeah. Uh, And then playing comes out, and he's like, congratulations, Nick and Jeff, you move on to the next round. Kurt, uh, you try hard. You try too hard. Yeah, and Kurt's like... I'm just so used to having to scream to be heard amongst the shitstorm that is William McKinley High School. And Blaine's like, well, here, you're too much of a round, p- you're, no, you're too much of a square peg to go into. Nope, I am not continuing that analogy. Um, Kurt, you're not pegging us properly. <laughs> but, no, he's like, Kurt, you're trying too hard to stand out, but we all wear uniforms because we're a unit. We're warblers together. One as one voice, which is we're like... We're a hive mind. We are a hive mind. So, hey, okay, so question. So if y'all sing together as a unit, then why are you auditioning for solos? Because you would think that a person who's trying for a solo should be someone who can stand out. He's like... On account of the fact that that's what the point of a solo is. He He's like, he's like, Kurt... You just haven't bought in enough yet. I know your parents sacrificed their honeymoon to let you come to the school, but you have to buy you have to buy all the other warblers merch and you have to buy all of these in-game currencies before you're before you're valid <laughs> enough to be oh a warbler. Oh god, the warblers are pay to win. I mean it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Blaine is implied to be a rich kid. <laughs> anyway, my my only note here is Blaine tells Kurt he needs to fit in. Damn, what a setback. 
Yeah. Anyway, it's time for sad bus. That's just the most depressing bus. <laughs> last year was a sad bus sad too, bus. wasn't it? Yeah, last year it was sad because I didn't think they were going to win. This year it's sad because everyone hates each other now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, okay. So that's the thing I wanted to bring up is that this episode, it's like they decided this is where all the teen drama is going to come to a head. But we don't quite have as much teen drama as last season, so we need to invent some additional teen drama. So, like, that's why they only brought up the Santana thing last week. That's why all of a sudden, like, Brittany and Artie are on the outs, kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess Emma counts towards this teen drama. Yeah. She walks up to Will, and he's like, hey, I'm so glad, now the bus can leave. And she's like, actually, I can't come because I either forgot to mention or deliberately did not tell Carl that you were the one who invited me. And we had a fight over me hanging out with you for the sake of the Glee Club. And we told each other that we loved each other. And so I told him that I wouldn't go, uh, but good luck. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek and she's wearing a Slytherin potions cape. And also, I'd like to note here for set dressing that they remembered that this is supposed to happen in December because they had some grip throwing snow into the into the scene off camera. <laughs> time for Karen behavior. Yes, time for more Karen behavior. Rachel is yelling at the hotel staff of the hotel that must be the venue for the sectionals because they need to get raisinets. Lauren refuses to go on stage unless she has her raisinets. Lauren holds the real power in this glee club. True. Very true. Oh, I'm I'm so glad we're in the Lauren era. Everything after this is a flop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kurt comes up and he's like, "Hey, bestie, what's up?" Um, and she's like, "Did I can't wait for your solo?" And Kurt's like, "No." Yeah, he's like, "You're gonna be waiting a while." <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, "Oh my god, if they didn't let you have a solo, then they must be really good. We're doomed." I mean, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. No, I, I will give a point to Rachel, who does say that, like, no one is actually, like, no one actually blames him for leaving for the Warblers because it was his life and he needed to be safe. Mm -hmm. And we miss you, but we're happy for you. Yeah, yeah. And then Kurt says, how's Finn doing? I haven't spoken to him since the wedding. Which raises a lot of questions about, where are you? I think, is he boarding at Dalton? So that's the thing, is that there, there's several things that imply that Dalton is also a boarding school, but there's also several things that contradict this, too. And this is a debate that still rages to this day. Okay. Did not expect that. Though, like, there will be evidence that'll pop up at some point where we can say, that we can point to it and say, why is Kurt here if he lives at Dalton? This does not seem like it's worth the commute. Maybe they have the option to board or to like commute but they have the option to board but only during some weeks sometimes they'll commute instead i don't know <laughs> it it is a mystery L listen it's a mystery it's a glistery it is a glee mystery uh kurt and rachel sit down by the bar and they commiserate over how they're not getting solos and Kurt is like, why weren't we best friends when I was at William McKinley High School? And Rachel's like, it's because you were my only competition. And they're like, we have to have a hug because we're best friends now. The writers have decreed it. 
And also, Kurt mentions that he knew about Santana and Finn having had sex the whole time. Anyway, time for nice music. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. Yeah. My workplace has managed to diversify the music that it plays, but it still is on a loop. It's just a longer loop than it used to be. But still, quite often, one of the songs that they will play is The Living Years. Except I never knew this was a song called The Living Years. It's always just, I hear it in the background, like when the chorus pops up, I'm like, okay, it's this song. It sounds nice, whatever. So the competition has begun, and the old people choir, the hipsters, they're singing The Living Years. And when I realized what song they were singing, I was knocked out of my seat. I think it was fun. Partially because I'm glad that they were able to, like, um, and, like, give older actors work for the day. <laughs> and I think their performance is nice because, you know, it's clear that, like, everyone involved in the hipsters who are, you know, like, a, like a, sh- like a show choir from presumably, like, a nursing home or a care facility or something. They said it's a group of seniors who are getting their GEDs. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, it's cute. They all, like, hold hands and hug each other and stuff. And everyone's like, look, they're friends. See? New directions, and, this and, could be you. And Puck is bawling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's there's actually a few good Puck reaction shots. Because, like, the first one we see, like, Puck is starting to tear up. And, like, Mike is sitting right beside him. And he's like, he, Mike has an expression, like, oh, this is really cute. And then when we next see them, like, Puck is in tears. And Mike's like, wait, are you okay? <laughs> And then, like, while this is happening, like, Rachel, like, comes in from the back because she must have, like, oh, yeah, she got in late from talking to Kurt. And so, like, Finn stands up so that she can slide in and they share this awkward look. And then Will has to, like, pull on Finn's shoulder so Finn remembers to sit back down because he is 20 feet tall. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) I missed that. Um, But, yeah, it's fun. uh, They get get a lot of clapping. And then it's time for the Dalton Academy Warblers. And they're going to sing, Hey, Soul Sister. which mm-hmm. they did cut out the verse where Blaine sings about his untrimmed chest, but they do keep the parts where he sings about how he's so gangster, he's so thug. Yeah, Darren Chris makes some absolutely incredible faces during this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's a fun it's a fun musical number. As they sing, the audience kind of you know like bounces along, and of course Blaine gets the solo. Um, there's a part yeah, where okay, like okay, so hey, hey, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I'm mad again because this is another <laughs> question raised in this episode. Yeah. So Blaine was basically walking like Kurt and Nick and Jeff through their auditions, probably knowing full well that he was gonna win anyways because he ends up getting this solo. So again, so so when Blaine says Kurt, you're standing out too much, it's basically Blaine saying, "I am worried that you're going to distract from me." Me. I'm the main character at Dalton Academy. My name is Blaine Warbler. Kurt's new love interest is male Rachel. Oh God! If you're if you're wondering why I'm giving Blaine the villain edit, it's because I've spent the past uh, hang on, let me check my watch. Eleven years just being exhausted by him. Yeah, Tanner hates Blaine. I don't hate Blaine. I'm just sick of him. Fair enough. I, I'm sick of Blaine in this episode. Okay. <laughs> um, Rachel and Mercedes start a standing O for them. Because they're like, hey, we can't respect each other, but we will respect our friends. Yeah. I Real quick, I have some other notes about this, which is like, the, the like with the Warblers, everyone except for uh, Blaine is doing the same choreography. Um, and something that I like is that like Kurt starts out the number very stiff. Because, you know, he's like, they told me not to be individual, so am robot doing <laughs> doing sidestep and snap. 
And then there's a cut to Rachel in the audience where she's like, smile at Kurt. And he starts to smile and relax. And the reason why I said most of them are doing the same choreography is because you cannot tell Darren Chris to do the same choreography as everyone else. It is it is anathema to his DNA to do the same thing as everyone else. And so he just starts like bopping around the stage and like flapping his arms and Pretty stuff. Pretty sure he's skanking at one point. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's a fun musical number. It's good. I'm not gonna fault Darren Chris's vocals. Yeah, that's true. Um there is a like a cutaway where like Rachel is telling Kurt to smile. Um we also mm-hmm. see Will looking absolutely terrified. Yeah, yeah. Which He's again, like, oh shit, they got Darren Chris. Uh it's a train number though. Like <laughs> I would I, I automatically yeah. would have put them at the bottom of my ranking if I was a glee judge for singing Train. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not like they're singing Carly Rae Jepsen. Hey, no, and I will put them at the top of my list if they sang Carly Rae. Even if it was classic Carly Rae. If the Warbirds came out and they sang Tug of War, gold. <laughs> but yeah, they get a standing O. Also, there, there's another shot of Puck where he looks absolutely furious. Like, everyone else is, like, smiling, like, yeah, it's our Kurt. Uh-huh. But Puck looks pissed off. Um, and I think this is just more, fu- like, this and the the line with the jocks where he says, you forced my man Kurt out of here. This just put more fuel on the fire of shipping Puck and Kurt together. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Kurt was being shipped with every guy on the show except for Will and Artie. Yeah. Because... Okay, so yeah. you had you had Kurt and Blaine, because obviously. You had Kurt and Finn, because like people were still holding out for like the season one stuff, and also, Stepbrother, what are you doing? Um, there was Kurt and Puck, because these scenes and Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. There was Kurt and Karofsky, for exactly the same reasons. There was Kurt and Sam, because they told us they would get together. We're still waiting for this to happen. <laughs> and there was Kurt and Mike, because they decided that he was the only decent man left. Yeah. You you know what I just realized, Tanner? In this episode, they took Finn's character trait of love's glee, and they shifted it onto Puck. Yeah. Odd choice. Anyway. Anyways, everyone is falling apart backstage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as good as uh last year when Artie was ramming himself into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is nice. It's fun. So Lauren's eating her raisinets and complaining that the outfit chafes. Uh, someone with fat thighs. Wear bike shorts and deodorant or baby powder. Inner thighs prevents chafing. Yeah, also shout out to whoever in-universe is making the outfits for the Glee Club because they only had like mm-hmm. a day, maybe two, to throw together Lauren's like dress. Yeah, it's it's the same dress as everyone else, but she has kind of like a like a little like cap shrug on. Yeah, because all the other girls have sleeveless, and Lauren has like she has a shrug over because I'm not I'm not sure why. Her maybe she <laughs> I'd like to think in universe she d- d- decided to put it on because like my shoulders are so tantalizing that if I were to go on they would start a sex riot. <laughs> and. Yeah, I like the outfits. These are my favorite competition outfits from this season. Hence I why think so, yeah, I drew myself and, and wearing the, them in the album art. <laughs> the dresses are like really flowy and they're like a kind of a smoky white to gray fade. Um, and then the guys' outfits, mm-hmm. they're, they're just like a plain red button-up. Like, these are, these outfits fascinate me because they don't really match each other. Usually the outfits are more matchy-matchy, but these like 
kind of separate the two, but they do look good together. And especially the ladies' dresses look really good because, like we said, there's a lot of dancing mm-hmm. in this performance. And there's lots of flowy spinning. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. But yeah. Back to the breakdowns. Green room antics. <laughs> um, Quinn has PTSD because the last time they were at sectional, she went into labor. <laughs> And, like, Mercedes in the background, she's like, I'll sub in if you need me to. Mercedes, come on, you're a better friend to Quinn than that. Yeah, she is a good friend to Quinn, but I would argue that at this point, her desire to, like, have a solo has outweighed her friendships with anyone. Oh, Mercedes, it'll be fine, hun. It'll be fine. (laughs) Um, Artie, like, is mad at Brittany, and she's like, what do you mean? And Artie's like, I hope they're grading you on dancing. And adultery, because you're aces at both. And she's like, oh no, I'm so stupid. I can't believe you found out. And then Artie storms off. And Mike's like, why is Artie so mad? And Tina's like, you're a jerk. Because Tina's assuming that like Brittany admitted guilt, which means that Mike is also guilty. And Mike's like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rachel comes in. And I, okay, I, I just... I found a script and I took down everything for, like onward from this scene. So Rachel storms in. She turns to Finn. You told Kurt? Finn, uh, I don't remember. Maybe? And then Mercedes, wait, about Finn and Santana? No, I think I told him. (laughs) Rachel, well, who told you? And then Quinn, me? And I think Brittany told me, or maybe it was Puck. And then Puck, yeah, it was definitely me. And then Rachel, everybody knew about this but me? And Tina, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Santana, nobody tells you anything because A, you're a blabbermouth, and B, we just pretend to like you. Puck, that's not true. I kind of like her. (laughs) Finn, look, Rachel, when this all happened, you were dating another guy, so you don't really have a right to be pissed at me about that, okay? And fine, I shouldn't have lied about it, but to be honest, that isn't what you care about. You care about the Santana of it all. Santana raises her hand in agreement. Rachel, (laughs) oh, who are you right now? Lauren, in the background, this is the best green room ever. (laughs) Rachel, You know what? You guys are going to have to find someone else to mindlessly harmonize in the background because I'm not going on stage with him. Uh, Will walks in as Artie declares that he's also leaving and Tina is also leaving and Will... Enough! Mm -hmm. Listen to yourselves. I am ashamed of you. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. No, that's not the line. Think back to where you were this time last year. In this room, no set list, no choreography. Riley Hopkins was here. We were stuck with Jacob fucking Ben Israel. <laughs> uh, no chance in hell of winning, but you did win because you did it together. I don't care if you hate each other. All I want is for you guys to go out there and sing together. Get up and for six minutes, remind yourselves that you're not alone. I love this song. <laughs> I love I love it when Will remembers that a, that a he's a teacher and b that as a teacher he is allowed to have pep talks and discipline people. Yep. Or at least be scolding. Mm-hmm. And so then we like cut to more backstage, and Artie is like, "Oh, just tell me why you cheated on me." And Brittany's like, "I never cheated on you." And Artie's like, "But you admitted to it. You admitted to adultery." And Brittany's like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought that meant being stupid. You know, like being adult. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just so sorry, Artie. I lost your magic comb, and I lost it at motocross practice. And and Artie's like, well, that's okay, because it was never a magic comb. The magic was in you all along, Brittany. And she's like, I accept your apology. 
and kisses him. <laughs> also, he says that it was just a random comb he found on the floor and he was going to toss it in the garbage. And Brittany's like, wait, you let me brush my hair with that? <sighs> Meanwhile, Lauren is doing push-ups because she's on, she's on the wrestling team and that's how she gets psyched up. Mm-hmm. And Puck is like, don't worry, I got your back. And Lauren's like, you don't need to have my back. This is stupid. Yeah, she literally says, I'm not nervous. You know why? Because show choir is stupid. <laughs> Good for you, Lauren. You have your priorities. Your priorities are extorting the Glee Club for snacks and getting some. Exactly. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine Soundboard. Get some. Get some. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to Sam and Quinn. Like They're also backstage. And Quinn's like, what? And Sam's like, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Quinn is like, oh, Christian face caress. I mean, yeah. And then it's time for time of my life. Uh, Sam and Quinn do the same kind of walking in from the back of house thing that Finn and Rachel did last year. But everyone's having a lot of fun. There's big smiles. The audience is enjoying themselves. Um, Sam and Quinn are cute. Rachel gets to be wistful by looking at Finn while they're all singing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, I really like it. Uh, I think... Mm-hmm. It works, I mean, okay, it's already a duet, but it works, it works really good with the whole backing choir behind it. Yeah. I especially like how, like, Sam and Quinn basically get the first half of the song to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the rest of the club isn't revealed until the second chorus, and then they all, like, still have the whole number left to start dancing with each other, too. Yeah. I, I will point out that Mercedes do- does still end up belting out at the end. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I'll take it. I'll take Mercedes getting to do something before her, before the end of the episode. Yeah. Also, I think, I think Diana Agron may have like overcorrected herself when she was uh, spinning into chord for one of the numbers because there's a part where she just kind of slams into him and then you can see her trying to suppress a giggle. <laughs> I think it was the out of context Glee Twitter account who was like, I have $1,400. Show me the Glee boopers. And I would love to see them. Yep. <laughs> um... But yeah. Fox, show us the glee bloopers. The gloopers, if you will. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they sing that song, and then the next song. There's only two songs in this one for some reason. I mean, okay, there was only two songs performed last year, but in-universe we know that they closed out with Somebody to Love, and they just didn't show it because they weren't doing any kind of reprisals yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, apparently for this set list, it is just these two songs. Uh, and the second song is Valerie, as covered by Amy Winehouse. Soloed by Santana! Yes! And with Brittany and Mike doing their whole dance number. Yeah. I want to start by noting that, like, as they reset, Brittany and Rachel, like, stand on either side of Santana and they, like, pin a little, like, lace veil hat thing on her. And Brittany slaps Santana's ass! (laughs) (laughs) But also, it's fun because Brittany and Mike get to do some really cool stunts. And, like, they do kind of, like, swing dancing style uh, moves and, like, not a throw, but, you know, like, the part where, like, hey, like, like swing me up from, like, like lift me up from the ground and, like, like spin the person around your body, that kind of a thing. And the choreography is good. Mm-hmm. Everyone's super energized. And also Naya Rivera's vocals, always good. Any other thoughts on Valerie? <laughs> uh, Valerie, it's, it's just really good. It's just all good. Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, the judge comes out and he's like the president of the Motor Association of Ohio. And before reading the announcements, he says that it's never too late to fill out an organ donor card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the hipsters get third place. 
And then it's a tie! Dalton and uh, New Directions are both moving on! What a coincidence! What a crazy random happenstance. Also, I, I have to assume that, like, there is one club that, like, just got a buy, or, like, the the number situation meant that the next round would have only had two competing show choirs, but then because there is the tie, they shuffled it around, so now there's three. Listen, I have que- I will always have questions about how this tournament structure works. Uh, I feel like the answer is that they didn't have the money to pay another set of uh, performers to come in and be the fourth show choir. <laughs> But they could, they could even have them, like, say, off-screen. Like, they don't even have to perform. It can be like, okay, we're going up against five clubs, and then, like, they can come back from a commercial and be like, wow, I can't believe that the uh, the, the, the Greg Farshti School for the Winged People sang I Believe I Can Fly. I have no idea what combination of words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> Me either, but it worked. Okay, anyways, moving on in that case. Um, the next scene is Will. <laughs> you found the point along the way. <laughs> did I? Did I, though? I think you did. Who even- Greg Farshti is the guy who made Bionicle. <laughs> I was surprised you- Well, no, I'm not surprised you knew that. I didn't know it off the top of my head. I had to Google him. His just name manifested in my brain. <laughs> Ah, uh, I know that. Glee, where was your Bionicle tribute episode? You could have done all American Rejects songs. What? When will the Warblers be kidnapped by the Paraka? Oh god, now I'm picturing them rolled up into little balls like the Bow Rock and like somersaulting across the stage. <laughs> oh, so anyways, back to Glee? Anyway. Back to yeah. uh, Gleonicle. That's too powerful. It is too powerful. If we say that three times in a row, Riley Hopkins will spontaneously appear in our podcast. Gleonicle. Gleonicle. Gleonicle! What's that? Yeah, I'm just getting off work now. Yeah, okay, I'll see you soon. Alright. Sorry, I I gotta go. Emmy's life nugget! You don't control me anymore! Ah! Anyway, time, time time for a funeral. Oh no, no. Yes, time time for a funeral. The funeral is Wemma. <laughs> I was looking at the wrong the wrong paragraph of notes about a ship in this episode. <laughs> the wrong ship got sunk. Will walks into Emma's office with the trophy and he's like, "I guess we didn't need uh our uh our good luck charm." And Emma's like, "Yeah, that sounds great. Anyways, Will, fun fact, me and Carl went on a trip this weekend. I don't want to hear it. We went to Vegas. Oh no. And check out this ring. Is that an engagement ring? No, it's a wedding ring. Me and Carl are married." And Will's like, "That's great. I love that. Love that for you." And he says, "Fine. I'm going to take my trophy and leave." Now, now it's time for the other ship to die. Yeah, time for another ship sinking. It's Rachel and Finn talking in the hallway, and she's like, you know, I like I used to really want to be special, and Glee Club used to help me out with that, but I lost sight of it along the way. She's like, Finn, are we special? And he's like, yeah, we are. And she's like, okay, cool, time for me to confess. <laughs> and the confession is that over the course of this past week, she and Puck made out. That is all they did. They did not have sex. But also, she bit him a few times. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, Rachel bites people. And then, um, and then Puck pulls away, and she's like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, 
I did this to Finn once before. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, oh, you mean the, the making out with his girlfriend? Oh, okay. <laughs> but aside from, aside from that, like, this is like, this is technically cheating because this was after the Santana thing had, had, uh, been released into the open air. So it's not like they were, they, they hadn't officially broken up, but emotionally they were on the way. Who, and Finn and Rachel? Yes. Yeah, okay, but Finn Finn was the one who was trying to move on. Finn wasn't the one who said, now that you found out I slept with Santana, I don't want anything to do with you. He was the one who was trying to repair the relationship, and Rachel is the one who kept blocking out and being concerned over the fact that mm-hmm. he had slept with Santana rather than the actual issue, which was that he had lied about it. And then she does go and mm-hmm. like make out with Puck behind his back specifically to hurt him because like after it she's like now we're even yep. and Finn's like we're really not yeah he he says something to the effect of like Rachel you are so mean you knew how sensitive I would be about this after what happened with Quinn and she says some other bullshit and Rachel's like we can go to couples counseling and he's like you can't go to couples counseling if you're not a couple and leaves <laughs> and she stands in the hallway and cries Leah Michelle slaps her palms over her eyes and puts her head down. So then we cut back to Dalton and Kurt is freaking out because Pavarotti, like his feathers are falling out and he isn't eating and he's not singing. And Kurt's like, oh God, I'm killing the bird. And Kurt's projecting. I am the bird. The bird is me. Kaka, kaka. <laughs> and Blaine's like, no, Kurt, don't worry. It's just molting. Soon it'll be back to normal. And it'll fit right, right in. Just like you. <laughs> We're all birds here, yeah. Kurt. Kaka, kaka. <laughs> oh my god. Although I would like to mention here that I do relate to Kurt because I was pet sitting from my friend's cat, whose name is Smaug. He is a delightful gray meatball, and because he's diabetic, uh, he has to be given insulin. And while I was pet sitting him a couple weekends ago. Uh, he was very listless and wasn't interested in food, which is big for him. And I texted my friend. I was like, I don't know what's wrong. And she's like, okay, um, just make sure he has food available. And it turned out that he was just throwing a fit because his humans were gone. He was just being a little shit. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, we cut back to McKinley. Uh, yeah. Tina is goth again and Mike is glad and they're glad that they've sorted their differences mm-hmm. out and then they Asian kiss. Why does the kiss have to be Asian? Why does the kissing have to be Asian? Glee writers, have you ever met an Asian person? And these two don't count because I don't think you've actually ever met them. You were just like, haha, Asian funny. Exactly. So they owe them each another hundred dollars. Uh, at least. One thousand dollars for every time they said the word Asian on the show. For each of them. Yes. So now they're up to probably $5,000 pot each. Minimum. Uh, Will comes in with the trophy. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, everyone, mm-hmm. so glad that we're friend together now again. Uh, Rachel, you didn't sing for competition, so sing now? And Rachel's like, no, I'm sad. Tina and Mercedes can sing instead. And, and Mercedes is like, well, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah. And then they sing Dog Days Are Over, and my last note is just, Oh, new directions. I think the dog days are only just beginning. (laughs) 
It's very much so like a wrapping up the mid-season finale song. It's very much a, we heard that Florence and the Machine was hot, but we couldn't fit her into the plot, so we're just going to have two other regulars sing about it. Mm-hmm. It's, here's the thing, is I like this musical number. To start off with, it has it does have Mercedes and Tina on lead, and they kind of trade off like whether it's a solo, whether they're singing it in unison. There's a part at the beginning because they're standing on risers on the stage, and like everyone else is hiding behind the risers, and you see them reach up their hands and start like clapping in rhythm, but it's like from behind the risers, so it's just like disembodied arms clapping, mm-hmm. <laughs> which delighted me. Uh, but it's another one of those musical numbers that feels more like it's the cast having fun and not the characters having fun. Because the choreography is basically like a lot of running around in circles and jumping and being excited and giving each other hugs and that kind of a thing, which I'm not complaining about. It just feels more like the cast and not the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Tina gets the descant part, which is great. And then this is intercut with. Emma's nameplate being changed to uh, Emma Pillsbury Howell, and she embraces Carl and uh, looks over his shoulder, like, conflicted about something. And Rachel takes down the iconic cat calendar of her and Finn from her locker. End of an era. And then group hug, episode's over. The episode is over. But we are not over because we still have to say what the Gold Star song was. Mm Mm-hmm. I started, so you get to go first, Tanner. So I feel like the obvious pick would be Valerie, and Valerie is good, but mm-hmm. I think I actually like I've Had the Time of My Life better. But totally respectable. Very valid choice. How about yourself? See, here's the thing. Uh-oh. Is because... No, no, he, he, it's not a bad thing. It's just the fact that, like, because currently I'm under a lot of stress in real life, is that the is like the music numbers kind of just like slid off me. Like I like I witnessed them, I listened to them, I took notes about them, and they kind of just like slid out of my brain. Uh, yeah, well it's also it's a competition episode, so usually they're not gonna have a lot of impact. Yeah. I I think I'm gonna go with uh I think I'm gonna go with Dog Days Are Over, because Valerie is good as well. I think I'm going with Dog Days Are Over because out of them it's the one where it was like they had the most fun doing it. Like everyone had a good time doing Valerie as well and doing Time of My Life. But I, I, I just I'm vibing more with Dog Days of, with Dog Days Are Over right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, all of the music numbers in this episode, like at least a B. It's just like that's the one that that's the one that I'm going with. <laughs> uh, what is your best for the episode, Tanner? Um, trying to think. See, the best was pro- um, it wasn't Will yelling at the students. That was good, but it didn't fill me with joy. It was more like catharsis. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the thing that delighted me the most, hmm, I think it's Lauren joining the club. Lauren finally joining the club. Yeah, that sounds good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm going to agree with you and also say that the best is Lauren joining the club because I like Lauren. She's a fun character. We're all Lauren respecters in this house. <laughs> Get a shirt that says we stand Lauren's ices. <laughs> <laughs> what about your worst, Tanner? 
My worst um, just the whole solo arc for the Warblers just raises too many questions and makes me mm-hmm. dislike Blaine more. I will give Blaine the benefit <laughs> of the doubt when he earns it, and he hasn't yet. Ba-pow. I'm so gangster, I'm so thug. How about yourself? I'm trying to decide between the character assassinations of Tina Cohen-Chang and Mercedes Jones, or she cheated! Rachel cheated! <laughs> she cheated, and I don't know what to do! See, here's Fighting the th- with microphones, freezing down to my bones. <laughs> See, if you continue that song, the implication would be that Rachel cheated on me as well, which is, honey, yeah, no, barking Rachel, up the wrong tree, girl. Ne- neither of us would date Rachel Berry in any given universe. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, though, is that I feel like it will, for, Rachel cheating is actually very in character for Rachel, and I wouldn't even call Rachel, or I wouldn't even call Tina and Mercedes being snippy this episode, character assassinations, I think they're like the logical uh, the logical place for them to reach in this episode, uh, considering mm-hmm. the fact that like they have been just kind of stuck on the outside for this semester. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I figured out actually what I want to make my best is. Or okay. my worst. Okay. My, my worst is the fact that they didn't take Rachel down a notch sooner. Like, Rachel was all set up to be humble and to learn how to be a team player back in Season 2, Episode 4, Duets. And then they just were like, nope, you're gonna be a star. And then they had to knock her- and then the fact that it took them this long to be like, actually, Rachel, you suck. (laughs) Yeah. And for it to stick. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, also, before we finish the recording, I do want to go ahead and mention that at the beginning- when Rachel was like, I am- I am upset when things am not about me- uh, there's a part where Quinn said, now I pretty much feel like punching you every time you open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. Let's make that our shirt. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're done with the episode, Tanner. We did it. We're completely done with the episode. We're not done with the season, though. We're not even done with this semester. This is even taking the mid-season finale. Uh, but before we talk about what's happening next week, we do have to let you know that... <gasps> Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be found on all your podcasting platforms of choice, except if we're not there, in which case let us know and we'll work on getting there. Uh, we can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through loserlikemepod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, next time we have a guest, theoretically. Gotta message him to make sure he's still down with it. Down to clown. There's no clowns next episode, probably, don't think. next. It's Christmas! Oh my god! It's Christmas in August, because Glee can't even do that right. <laughs> Actually, hang on, let me check the spreadsheet. Uh, by that point, it might be Christmas in September. <laughs> you know, at this point, it's worth me mentioning that my, when, before we started recording, before they left, my roommate and her boyfriend were here, and I think he was playing Christmas music, because apparently Christmas is 150 days away, and he's very excited for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, slow your roll a little bit, dude. Time means nothing anymore. More importantly, it's almost Halloween. Yes, Halloween must come first. (laughs) I need to cook a turkey this year if it's safe enough to do Friendsgiving again. Yeah, get your uh, social gatherings in now because I guarantee places are going to be locking down by the fall. Again. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and if they're not, they should be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this the part where we're three, two, one? Yes. All right. Three, two, one... And that's what you and missed, that's what you on, missed Glee. on Glee. That was brutal. Don't
Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me